You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 163. If you have that awareness, your strength, and that sense of purpose, then you have that sense of thriving. You're perfectly connected, your createdness with what the needs of the world are. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is fabulous to have you with us. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. And as we are rolling into December and getting closer and closer to the end of the year, this topic today seemed so in alignment with clarity and the clarity that we might get as we move into the new year. Our guest today is Dr. Bradley Davidson, and Brad was a former student of mine over a decade ago at UTD's executive coaching program. So he's been a coach, like I said, for over 10 years. He is currently leading a group of internal coaches at a major financial services firm where he not only leads all the internal coaches, but he also coaches the company's senior executives, is responsible for executive development. And then on the side, he maintains a private coaching and spiritual direction practice. So when Brad and I connected about doing a show, he shared this passion that he has around life purpose, and how we as coaches can help our clients create clarity around their life purpose, around their life calling. And when we create that connection between what we do with why we're here, it it just creates an entirely different energy. And when we can help our clients in that role of discernment of what is their calling and how can they tap into that, well, what incredible energy and what an incredible gift we can give to our clients with that. Now, Brad has created a download of the major findings of the research that he did in his dissertation around the role of coaching and the discernment of calling. So to get that download, just go to starcoachshow.com. And in the show notes for episode 163, just pull to the bottom and you'll see a link for that download so that you can have his research, which I'm so grateful that he's made a very user-friendly document that could be really helpful for you in your work with clients. Now, if you want to be sure that you get the weekly updates that have things like the links for the downloads in them, just click yes, I want updates when you get the download and then you'll you'll get a weekly update of who's on the show and what if there's ever a download for the show, you'll be able to get that link right in the email that I send. So let me tell you a little bit more about Brad. Like I said, he was, he did his coach training at UTD 
I was honored to be able to work with him through the program. And he's since gone on to work within this major financial services firm. He also has completed extensive training and certification in spiritual direction at Perkins School of Theology at Southwestern Methodist University, and he holds the senior most HR certifications from the Society of Human Resource Management and Human Resources Certification Institute. Brad is also a professional certified coach through the ICF, and he brings his incredible research to us today. I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Brad is just one of those people that gives and gives, and he has given us incredible knowledge and just things to think about in today's interview. So let's go to our interview with Dr. Bradley Davidson. Brad, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I am so honored that you're taking time to spend with us today. Meg, thank you for for inviting me. It's really fun to be on the side of the microphone. I love your program. So thank you for having me. Oh, so very truthfully, listeners, there's a couple things that Brad does that intrigued me to reach out to him. Brad and I go way back, gosh, years now. Probably 10 or 12 yeah, you yeah. came through UTD and were working. Were you working on your PhD simultaneously, or no? That was before. Yeah, okay. I started the PhD afterwards. Okay, because yep. you just have been like studying for years now, doing all these great things. Mm. I know I had an opportunity to work with you through a mentor program as well. Yeah. So we've just had a great opportunity to touch base. And then you said, Meg, I did my dissertation around life purpose and coaching. And I'm so passionate about that. And the minute I hear that somebody's really passionate about something, I say, let's talk about where your passion really is. Because when my guests talk about what they're passionate about, my audience benefits hugely from that. Right. And that leads to today. Here we are. So I would love to open up with talking about what it was that led you to choose the topic that you did for your dissertation. So Mm. tell us a little bit about it and what led you down that path. Yeah, Meg, I guess I would go back to probably close to 15 years ago. So just to paint a picture for you, I had a great job. So great job, beautiful home, wonderful relationship wonderful family, money in the bank, you know, everything that culture uses as the measure. Right. Checking all those boxes. Checked all the boxes with with great big stars. You know, I mean, just had it, had all of those things. But you know what, Meg, there was something that was missing for me. There was something, there was a hole inside of me and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Despite kind of living the dream, something was a little awry. And I searched and I reflected. And as a person of faith, I prayed. I finally realized that that something that was missing was knowing and living my purpose. So I had a great job. I loved the job. But there's a difference in loving a job and living your purpose. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't sure I was living my purpose. I, I, I was not fulfilling kind of that highest purpose, highest calling, as some people might call it. So I set out on a journey to figure out what that was. And immediately I hit a brick wall. You know, where do you, where do you start? Well, I was going to say, so how did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where do you start? You know, nowadays there's, there's more talk about purpose. Right. Back then, 15 years ago, there was less, less, maybe fewer resources, or at least I wasn't finding them. I searched for a method 
And by the way, I had never heard of coaching at this point, or I probably would have. Well, yeah, 15 years ago, exactly. It it was, while it was there, it wasn't really as well known as it is now. now. Yeah, and I I hadn't heard it. So I, I set out searching for like a method, a way, a framework, something some way to think about purpose. And so for probably close to a year, maybe longer, I really flailed around trying to figure out what the the answer to that, that elusive answer to that question. Sort of that holy grail. What is yes, it that's, yes, yeah. And try to find it. So finally I came across an article, and I wish I could tell you where it was, but it got me started thinking about taking a look at my strengths. So my interests, my personality, my values, skills. Nowadays, I call that my createdness. The way I was created, the way I was created, the way I was made. And I jumped into some exercises of looking inward. So, you know, I started looking at things like my strengths, interests. I took the Myers-Briggs. I did some strengths assessments, value assessments, a ton of assessments. And it was so enlightening and encouraging. It was was really fun. So so here I am. I have a, a better insight into how I was made and what my strengths are. So I thought, okay, so now this should be pretty easy. I should be able to connect this to a purpose. And and then brick wall number two, right? I hit another wall. For some reason, it was hard for me to see beyond my strength okay. to a vision of how those strengths form a purpose. So to cut to the end of the story, I was finally able to navigate through this over a period of time, this period of this process of discerning, discovering my purpose, but it wasn't easy. It was a tough journey. And at the end, I came to realize that I was brought through that journey, Meg, because it was and is my own purpose to help other people discover theirs. Oh, that is I really lived it. great. Yeah. I lived it. I lived it. And so when I found that, a light went on for me. The fog lifted. The world came into a sharper focus. I knew that was what I was here to do. So since then, I've been not just interested, but I've been passionate and driven to really understand this phenomena of discernment of purpose and to help other people navigate that journey. In fact, my mission statement, if I could read it to you, because I think it encapsulates it, it's to empower people and organizations to live their lives and lead their worlds with purpose, vision, passion, and integrity. That's That's, just, that's that's just beautiful, Brad. Long story about how did I get from there to now the passion, the per, uh, helping others find their purpose. Now, to help me understand, during that time that you were studying, that was while you were getting your PhD as well. Was that part mm, of that journey? No, that, no, no, that, that was, was before, before then. That was before I even started coach training. So what I found is I, I thought, so how do I, how do I help people find their purpose? I, you know, I don't just sit down with someone and say, well, I think this is yeah, your purpose. Walk up to somebody on the, right. on the sidewalk. Let me help you. Yeah, yes. let me help you. And let me tell you what your purpose is, right? That wasn't it. And that's when I discovered coaching. I thought, what a great way of walking alongside someone who's on this journey and helping that coaching is the perfect model for that. And so that's when I then joined UT Dallas, started the coach training with the intent of, you know, building this skill and this way of helping people making perfect sense, becoming a certified coach is a great sort of platform for doing that. Yes, yes. So you became a coach and Mm -hmm. at some point you decided to also get your doctorate. Yes. (laughs) Because we haven't studied enough. No, I I was bored, I guess. I don't know what, I still look back and think, what was I thinking? (laughs) You know? But I believe we're led down paths that we don't always understand in the moment. And you look back on it later and you say, wow, there was a reason I did that. I didn't know why at the, at the moment. I look back now and say, well, it was a logical thing. But yeah, so there I went down the PhD path. So by doing the PhD, 
it took you down a path of research regarding the whole concept of life purpose and what was sort of the direction of your research as you were basically writing your thesis? Yeah. Well, so what I learned between the time I started coaching people and the time I started my PhD is that I wasn't the only one who hit the brick walls. And people were hitting the same brick walls I was about looking inward. That was everybody agreed that was such a great exercise, but then connecting it to a purpose was hard. And that even like made me even more curious and passionate about it. I got to figure this out. So that's what caused me to choose that as a, as a dissertation topic. So I took me seven years to, to do the PhD. Four of those were in, in research. And my topic, let me tell you the title, Meg, is Finding Chazon. C-H-A-Z-O-W-N. It's the Hebrew word for vision. Oh, wow. So finding Kazon, the role of coaching and the discernment of calling. So my, my mission was to figure this out. So here's how the research went. It was a qualitative study. Mm-hmm. So for the, your listeners who may not be familiar with that term, a lot of times when we think about research, we think of quantitative, where we have to get casts of thousands in our study group because we're trying to figure out what are the relationships between data that I could generalize into a larger population. You know, and really what you're looking at is relationships. This may cause this, or this right. is related. But we want as many numbers and as much data as we can yeah, in quantitative yeah, research, right? Exactly. Qualitative, you're really wanting to know the why and the how. So what you're really looking for is study participants who have experienced this. So my study was a qualitative phenomenological study. And what that means is we're looking at and and studying the lived experiences of people. So I, my study participants were this handful of fabulous, wonderful coaches and coaches who had worked together on this very topic, and they were bringing their real-life lived experiences into the research. Oh, I bet that was so wonderful for you to do. Right, right. So, so I can talk about kind of how yeah, the research so, went. So, yeah, please yeah. do. I mean, so you've set the stage. Now let us know yeah. what you learned. Yeah. So I found these great people. I, I set up some criteria. I made sure they understood what I was studying. I did some interviews with them because with qualitative research, you want to really carefully choose your participants because you want to make sure they've had the experiences and they're going to be able to contribute. And I had some great folks that were, that were so giving of their time. They gifted me with so much. And so I designed this study. First of all, before I even chose my, my participants, I did some literature review. I researched people related to the topic. So did a lot of deep research into psychology, mentoring, coaching, of course, adult learning theory, mm-hmm. even spiritual formation, leadership. And the goal here was to, to figure out what are these other fields, uh, what's new, what's going on here that could inform this research that I'm doing. And so I created a conceptual framework, which represented what I thought may be going on here that I wanted to probe into and dig. So then I, I chose my participants. I did in-depth interviews. I recorded them, of course, with their permission. I transcribed them. And then I set about the task of coding the data analyzing it and Meg honestly just lived with that data for several months oh, making sense of it. So yeah. here's the here's the big ta da. Yeah. So, so Brad's done all the work for us. Now we get the yeah. ta da. Yeah. So here here's the ta da. And it's fascinating. So first of all I learned that the longing for living in our purpose is almost universal. So as human beings, regardless of our upbringing, our background, where we live, who we love, who we worship, we want to know our purpose and we want to be living in that purpose. So it's almost universal. Almost as universal as that was the challenges of figuring out the purpose. So 
the good thing is I realized that I wasn't the only one that struggled, but I had to figure it out for myself. Well, and I think that probably there's many listeners thinking, no, I'm not the only one. I mean, I yes. realize that there are, yes. there are other people who, yeah, I think we're all sort of, as you said, that's, that's a drive that we have. Right. It's a drive we have, and it's not an easy, it's not an easy uh, question to answer sometimes. So when I was interviewing coaches and coaches, I heard very unique stories about their journey and what, how they sort of discerned and learned their purpose. We had a theme, and that theme was there were challenges and difficulties along the way. So but the learning that was most powerful for me was related to how great coaches support and help their clients discover the purpose. So here, there were really two key concepts that came out of the research that was so helpful for me. First of all, there are components of coaching itself that supports the discernment of purpose and calling, number one. Second, there are characteristics of the coach and coachee that support the discernment. So the process and the people, there are characteristics of both. So let me talk first about that first concept, the, con- yes. the components of coaching that supports calling. So there were two important parts of coaching that I that I think oh, I choose the word here, but I think most invigorated the discernment process for for coaches. So first of all, it was this notion of looking inward that I mentioned earlier. So taking stock of our strengths, I found that coaches who were really good at this utilized assessments like Myers Briggs, Strengths Finders, Skills Assessments, Values Assessments to help their coachee look in, discover their unique, their unique creativeness. And by the way, every coachee I talked to said, and that was so much fun. Right. It was so invigorating and, and, and brought me to life. Well, it's something when you, when you are able to kind of put language to what maybe you feel or you yeah. maybe you do know, maybe you don't know, but mm-hmm. when you're able to kind of see it and learn language about it, I think it helps mm-hmm. us own it more. It does. It does. And it, and it encourages us because what, how, more, how much more can we be encouraged by thinking about and taking stock of our own greatness? Right, what we're good at and what we're passionate about. So, so looking inward, that was that was foundational. And then um, having a coach intentionally help their clients look inward, yes, right. do that assessment, understand and connect to those strengths. Right, because there's something very powerful about doing that in a partnership versus yes, just on our own as on well. our own. Right, it mm-hmm. was about supporting and facilitating that, the coach supporting and facilitating that process with the, with the coachee. So that was the first thing that was kind of foundational. And I already yeah. really sort of talked about that a little bit, but it, well, I wanted to bring it up again because it did show up in the, in the research. But then secondly, and this is the part that fascinated me. So remember me telling you earlier that brick wall I hit myself when I figured out my strength, but then I tried to then look past that and say, what is that telling me about my my purpose, that that kind of so what obstacle is what I call it. Now that I know my strength, so what? So the second finding here in the research dealt with that challenge. So in the research, it became clear that key to the success of discerning purpose is the coach's ability to get out of their head and make the discernment real and tangible. So as long as, this is so important, so think about this for a minute, as long as their strengths, their uniqueness is philosophical, as long as it's floating around in their mind, it's hard to make that connection to their purpose. You ha- we have to get it out of our head. Once we get it out of our head and we begin to pay attention to the world mm-hmm. in the context, in the context of who we are, what our strengths are, something happens. We start making connections between our creativeness and what I do with it. So one of my research participants, it was a coach, one of the coaches that I talked mm-hmm. to, used the metaphor of making our strength the lens 
through which we look at the world. Have you ever gotten a new car and you never noticed that brand and color of car on the highway before? And once you have it, you start seeing it all over the place. Everywhere. 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 It, it's because it has almost become a lens for you. Exactly. It's like all of a sudden, you yes. just that, that is your new awake. That's the lens right. you're looking through. That right. happened to me. My husband said, I want us to buy an MDX. What the heck is an MDX? And yeah. all of a sudden, everybody in my world in was driving world, an MDX. It's like everybody's, everybody's copying me. They've all got one now. Yeah, that's right. But, but, but you are li- that's a new lens. You're seeing the world differently. And so that's that co- making that connection between our strengths and our createdness, as I call it, and then start seeing the world and seeing how maybe my, my purpose may, how it may connect in the world. There's this Presbyterian minister that I love. His name is Frederick Buechner. I'm going to mess up his quote, but it, I'll try, I'm going to try my best. We're going to bring said, the essence forward. Yeah. He says, our purpose is that place where our deepest gladness and the world's deepest hunger meet. Oh, wow. So our gladness is our strengths. Mm-hmm. our passions, what we've been through in life. That's the gladness and the world's deepest hunger, or in other words, the world's deepest need. What is my joy and my excitement and my passion and my skill and my strengths and where the, what the world has as a need, when they meet and overlap a little bit, that is the sweet spot of my passion or my purpose and my, my calling. So when we get out of our head mm-hmm. and we make our strengths a lens through which we look at the world, we're going to start seeing that or be able to notice where my strengths match up with the needs of the world. And that is maybe, maybe, just maybe where our purpose lies. Oh, wow. You know what really strikes me about that, in addition to the clarity that we receive, is how that strikes me, is that we cannot truly find our purpose if we are completely just within ourselves. If we are isolated, we are part of, we are part of a whole. And so to really find that sweet spot, we have to bring that which we are and mm-hmm. connect with that yeah. which is needed. Yeah. And wow, that just practically brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. That's- well, it, and it changes you. It changes the coachee and what power we can bring to our coachees, not our own power. It's power that we give and bring to the coachee when we facilitate a process of helping them get out of their head and start noticing and paying attention. That was perhaps the biggest learning in this research for me. Get out of our head. But, you know, here's the deal. How do we do that? Right. Right. And so I heard, and this is the beautiful part of phenomenological research, because you get to hear real stories of lived experiences. I heard some great ways that coaches did it. So one coach, can I share a couple of examples? Oh, I would love it if you shared some examples. One coach said it's simply the act of writing it down that sometimes gets our antenna up. Well, there's another word that I hadn't thought about that, that describes it, getting our antenna up so we can attract right. the, what's going on in the world and what that may mean to my purpose. This coach said just maybe journaling. What am I learning? What are my strengths? What am I noticing in the world? Uh, it's just a way, again, the goal is to get it out of our heads. Another one is to use like a life timeline showing the experiences of our life that has brought us where we are. And then it's maybe easier. We're getting out of our head, maybe easier to look what's next in that timeline. I like to call it a river story because in ancient stories, the river is representative of life. Oh, have you yeah. ever, have you ever yes. thought of that? Yes. Oh, absolutely. 
So sometimes with my clients, I've started doing a river story where I say, draw a river across a piece of paper. And your homework is to start at one end of the river. That's your youth. What is it that you encountered along the, along the river so far? Uh, it could be a recognition of your strengths. It could be, wow, I finished college and here's, mm-hmm. here's what I took out of this. Maybe it was getting married. It could be even something sad. Like I was going to say it could a be a loss. trauma or a, mm-hmm. an experience that, that we survived and we yes. were resilient through. Yes. Yes. All of that is part of our river story. And it all points to who we are, where we've been, what experiences we've had, and maybe, just maybe, it helps us to imagine what may be next. And then the third one I would mention, kind of a way of doing that, is, is one of my participants called it active imagination. And, and, I, and this one resonated with me because one of the things I did in my own journey was to, was to look to the end of my life or the end of my career and say, what will I want people to have said or experienced because I was here? And so one of the ways you can do that is pretend you're being honored at a reception or your retirement party or something. Who's going to be the speaker? Who is important for you to hear from? And what do you want them to say about you? So you see, Meg, it's just another way of getting out of this philosophical, heady place of purpose and starting to think about it out in the world. Well, and I think the analogy that I would use with that, that that I would think most of my listeners can understand is that even when you first start learning about coaching, it feels very theoretical. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's all, we're giving you sort of the concepts and the ethics and the, and the competencies, but until you actually begin to coach, until yeah. you make yourself sit down with somebody and be in that process, mm-hmm. the pieces don't really fall together. You can right. stay in that theoretical place forever and you will not be a phenomenal yes. coach. That's You've right. got to practice to build those coaching muscles. So yeah. I loved when you said you know, you've got to get out of your head and into practice to yeah. really begin to discern what is this purpose and what is my sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So those are just some examples. And there's probably a whole nother realm of research that could be done on practices for getting out of our head, right? If any of your your listeners are looking for something to research, that may be a good one. But here's the thing, Meg. So you have to have both. You have to have both the inward looking inward. Mm -hmm. And you have to also have that sense of connecting that to a purpose. In the handout that I've created for your listeners, there's a four block in there, sort of a mm-hmm. Jahari window that illustrates the importance of both of both knowing our strengths, that looking inward and having a sense of purpose. So here, if you think about it, if you know your strengths, mm-hmm. but you don't know how that connects to the world, there's a sense of a lost potential. I've got this potential, but I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, I've got all this potential. Where do I? So it feels yeah. absolutely like a waste. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. And if there's no awareness of your strengths, but you kind of want to, you sort of have a purpose or you think you do, there's maybe a feeling of a, a misuse of strengths, right? But here's the thing. If you have both, if you have that awareness of your strengths and that sense of purpose, then you have that sense of thriving. You're perfectly connected have connected your createdness with what the needs of the world are. So that's it. The second thing that I would say just really quickly Uh is the second key concept from the research is probably not surprising to any of your listeners. And that's the characteristics of the coach and the coachee that supports the discernment. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. What about the characteristics of the coach and the coachee that support that process? Yeah. I'll start with the coachee. So probably we've all experienced this. And that is coachy 
characteristics that support this uh, and make it successful is when the coachee has a desire for change, right? And a willingness to be open and honest in the coaching relationship. They come hungry to know their calling, their purpose, and they're willing to do the work and be honest and, and be engaged and be there to do it. You know? our, our favorite type of client, right? Somebody, yeah. who, they're not being hogtied and brought into coaching. They want to be there. They're willing and eager and exactly. a part of the process. Exactly. So a perfect partner. Yeah. Yes. And, and then in terms of the coach's characteristics, what emerged there was, I don't want to say it was surprising to me, but it was, it was interesting. This whole notion of the coach being open to his or her own discernment. So in other words, I'm not just here to help my coachee discern and figure it out. I'm here to listen and pay attention with them, right? I'm an active participant in this and I'm listening and I'm discerning as well. So so that was that was big for me. And then the other two coach characteristics were not surprising either that the coach created this safe, supportive environment and was curious mm-hmm. and interested in the coachee. Those things we uh, I think we're, we we all do. Right. But that whole piece about just being committed to listening with the client and being um, just in the journey with them, in, in the journey the, with them, not yeah. not sort of away or above or below or as the expert or as that, but strictly yeah. at truly as a partner in that process. Right. Yeah. More than, you know, not a like a silent obs- or, you know, a, a distant observer. Right. You know, but in there with them. Yeah. In there and, just- and listening. Yeah. So. So I do want to take just a minute. I know I told you all about the handout in the introduction, but Brad has put together this wonderful two-page handout that walks through the role of coaching in the discernment of life purpose. And it's a rich document. So you don't have to stop right now to download it, but it is available in the downloads under this episode. And so I want to be sure that you take advantage of that because it, it's really rich. Thank you for Thank putting you. that together for the listeners. Yeah, my pleasure. There's also a little model in there for discernment. Yeah, let's talk a little bit model. about the model now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just so easy to remember. It's probably not really original. It's built on some, some already great research out there. But if it's like you think of a life acronym, mm-hmm. the, L, the L we already talked about, look inward. Know our strengths, know our creativeness. I is for imagine the possibilities. That's when we start connecting it to the world. What are the possibilities for how I use my, my creativeness in the world? The F is for forming a strategy. So once you know that, how am I going to do this? And then E is executing on it, living it. And by the way, that executing on it, as, as coaches, we all know, it's also about thinking about what are the potential obstacles getting in my way. Well, and I was going to say, I don't want to be a yeah. downer here now, but what yeah. are some of the things that get in the way or that don't work in this process yeah. that your that your work mm-hmm. has came to light for you? Yeah, well, I, I don't know that it's any different than we probably face with all of our clients. No matter what they're working on, life gets in the way. There are sometimes unhealthy people in our lives. They make demands on us. There, there are things that distract us. You know, we have sometimes bad habits, procrastination, all kinds of things, right? So all of those things can get in the way of executing on what you really need to do to live your purpose, mm-hmm. right? And so as coaches, we're probably, we're probably pretty familiar with those and have strategies to kind of help our clients overcome it. So yeah, but I, I would say those are pretty consistent with some of the some of the things we face with our clients already. But I think for knowing that, yes, even in work around life purpose, even with mm-hmm. clients who are excited and engaged, we're going to hit some obstacles and, and that 
need not derail us. It just is right. one of those things that happens. And how do we use our skills, our techniques, our presence to help the client over that hump? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, this is, you know, I've had clients over the years. Now I've worked with people now for over 30 years in that place of, I just want to be connected with my purpose. I feel Mm -hmm. that something is missing. I feel that I could either do more or be more or just connect more to both inward and outward. And so your research and what you're bringing forward today is so critical in helping us be that partner that our clients need who might be in this place of mm-hmm. let me let me fill figure out what that hole is yeah it's such a powerful way we can contribute to the success of people living and leading their lives and again it's about just bring, you know as coaches it's about bringing the process it's about bringing ourselves to that relationship and walking fully. alongside people mm-hmm. fully, fully walking alongside people on the, bringing a, a method or a framework and then walking through that, walking along that journey with them is so powerful. Thank you for letting me share that. Oh, thank you for sharing that. So I'm curious as you got clarity over the work that you did over all these years, mm-hmm. personally and professionally, and as you use this framework now with your clients in this work, what kinds of I don't know if I mean so much results as much as maybe impact, either impact or results are you having with your clients as they are able to work with you through this process? You know, Meg, I would say this, and I think it goes back to that hurdle of connecting our createdness with a purpose. What I have found is once I can, if, if, if I can help my client make that connection, all I have to do out of, after that is get out of their way. You know, I can mm-hmm. maybe provide some support for, hey, how do you plan what, what, what you need to do to execute on this? How do you remove obstacles? You know, there's probably some value in that. But for me, what I have noticed is when people are able to make that connection, I had a client once tell me that my doing, going through this process, my purpose found me. Once the client finds that or their purpose finds them, that I don't want to say my job is done because I continue to work with my clients. Well, long, right. I'm as, done with I, you. Away with I, you. Yes. Yeah, as long as I bring value. But, but when that happens, something happens with the client and they uh, they make that connection and they are excited. If that's it. And they're they're out the gate. And so that's what I found is that really the result is, is the fun part is looking inward, but making that connection is the big, if we can help the client through that obstacle. That's the big part of the, we've won the game. Well, that seems like a really appropriate place for us to wrap up. But as we are doing that, I just want to see, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to be sure that we bring forward for everyone's kind of learning and thinking about this? No, I don't think so. I think we you, you've done a great job of kind of pulling it all out of me. There's so much of this, right? And I get so excited about it. So thanks for keeping me on point and, and helping me talk about the things that are important to us as coaches. But I hope the handout's helpful. And my dissertation is actually out online if anybody wants to read it or they can contact me and I'll send a copy. It's great bedtime reading, especially if you have insomnia. You know, <laughs> it'll just put you right to sleep. But hopefully the handout brings out parts of it that are probably the most crucial. 
that are actionable for us as coaches. Right. So we will have a link to the handout and right. you can get that. And I strongly encourage you to get that. It really gives a nice visual for everything that we've talked about. Mm, and, yep. you know, Brad, if you want to supply the link to your dissertation, I'm happy to, to put that with the show notes as well. If people sure, want to be able that. to access all the work that you did. So, so everything we've talked about was came from the work that you did in your dissertation and it is available. So if people want to it read is. that, I encourage you to do so. They, they are welcome to. They are welcome yeah. to. But, but yeah, you're right. The handout really distills it into really actionable steps. So I hope it's useful. And I thank you for, for taking the time to put that together for the Star Coach listeners. And I thank you for taking time in your evening to talk with us about this great work that you're doing and how it impacts our clients. Meg, thank you, first of all, for your show and all that it brings to us as coaches. And thanks for letting me be a part of it. I've enjoyed it. Oh, it is my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Coaches are doing such incredible things each in their own way. And I so appreciate Brad coming and sharing his research with us and giving us all food for thought on how we can partner with our clients to help them get clarity around life purpose. Once again, if you'd like the download that Brad created for us today, go to starcoachshow.com, episode 163. In the show notes at the bottom, you'll see a link for the download for today's show. And of course, if you click Yes, I'd Like Updates, then you'll get those links, etc. in your inbox each week every time we have a new show. I want to once again thank all of you for being with us today. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That will help more and more people learn about the show. Now, come back next week as we are visiting with Angelique Ruers around how to close a corporate client in just one call. She shares some incredible information about the different ways that we engage with corporate clients and how to show up in a way that brings value to the client and helps us get the business. Super excited to have Angelique on the show next week. And until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.